0: Hello, and welcome to today's episode of Absolutely Not. Excuse me. I am your host, Katrina Stroll. I'm a certified career coach and an HR consultant, and I created this space to give examples on how to set personal boundaries at work, specifically for people that look exactly like me. I always like to start my episodes by defining words that we use frequently on the show, the first being boundary something that indicates or fixes a limit. For example, if somebody tells you you're being extremely emotional in a moment and you tell them, no, I'm not, that is setting a boundary. Gaslighting to manipulate someone by psychological means into questioning their own sanity. For example, if that same person says, are you sure? Maybe it's the time of the month or maybe... You're having some crisis going on at home that's affecting your work-life balance. What's going on with you? They're placing the blame on you and making it seem as though they're not the problem, which is how the conversation got started. Dismissive, showing that something is unworthy of consideration. If that conversation continues and that person says, let's just agree to disagree, that is dismissing everything that brought up the confrontation to begin with and the conversation. It's not ending on a good note or with a solution in hand. Today's episode is entitled, hold up, hold up. I'm not angry. I'm articulate. I, and I know, I am so excited about this. My special guest today is Kimberly John-Horgan. Kimberly is a diversity, equity and inclusion ghostwriter who works collaboratively, collaboratively with people who face isms to unapologetically call out workplace discrimination. Yes, with a degree in sociology and a diploma in career and work counseling, Kimberly has 20 years of experience as a career development practitioner. Within that time, she has worked with dozens of populations that include internationally trained professionals, street-involved youth, career changers, college students, and new graduates. With a demonstrated commitment to creating a workforce that respects identity intersections, Kimberly currently supports clients through her private practice, Juncture Consulting in greater Toronto area of Ontario, Canada. Thank you so much, Kimberly, for being here.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I am just, I'm so honored that you asked and I've been looking forward to this for months now. It feels like a long time ago since we started this conversation.
0: So here we are, this is great. And I'm, I'm excited about the conversation specifically because the title of the episode, could you talk about why you chose that title?
1: All right, so we're gonna start off getting really metacognitive just off the jump. Um, So I chose the title because when I speak, when I write, I have a level of precision with which I can just, you know, extricate all the emotion in the room. And I'm very comfortable in that space. I live in that space. I'm an introvert by nature. So, I'm very comfortable with that space. But a lot of people are not comfortable with processing all that emotion, and so instead of sitting with themselves and saying, "Oh, I need to think about this," they often just project it back and be like, "Oh, Kimberly, you're so angry." And I'm just like, "That is not, you know, that's not for me to process. That's not for me to handle. Um, and that's me putting up a boundary to say, you know, I'm not responsible for how you took that in. I'm not responsible for how you're processing that. And then also, you know, with the, the I'm articulate piece, um, you know, being a racialized woman, sometimes people think, you know, they're giving me a compliment by saying, oh, you're so articulate. I'm just like, that's, that's kind of rude and out of order and so I use that phrase with myself for myself as a reclamation of the term um, because that person was trying to be dismissive and trying to you know obviously projecting their unconscious bias um, so I'm taking it back to say no yeah damn right I am articulate and what you know and so so that's where the, the title came from and I know it, it, it kind of put it being a couple people's bonnets, you know, I had, you know, as we talked about where somebody was like, you know, I'm, I'm angry and I'm articulate. I'm like, well, good for you. You know, I wasn't speaking for you. I was speaking for me. So again, that's, that's how people try to pass off their responsibility for managing their own emotions. So that's, you know, that's where it comes from, uh, is that boundary that I put on, on conversations with people.
0: Oh my gosh. I love it. Could I just repeat that? People try to pass off their own responsibilities for managing their own emotions. Just mm-hmm. because you feel uncomfortable with what I said, um, mm-hmm. if my intent is not to harm you, then I need mm-hmm. you to process that over there without mm-hmm. me and not try to project that onto me. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Hear the words, everyone. Hear the words. Oh my gosh. Um, because you start by sharing what a boundary kind of looks like to you.
1: Hmm. Um, so, boundary for me is just like a limit or a demarcation of how far someone can go. You know, um, and I, in one of your your previous trainings, uh, you you illustrated it so well with a fence. You know, so the fence puts the boundary for you can only come this far. And even if the fence is flimsy, even if the f- fence is invisible, it's still there. So a boundary is just a, a line in the sand, you know in terms of how far or what you can get away with with me before I, I have to say something.
0: Right, before I have to say something. And that's the part where people don't really take control of or take accountability of. In, when were you able to start saying your boundaries, Kimberly? Mm-hmm. Well, <clears throat> I,
1: uh, I think I've always been like very chatty. Um, and I think it started young. Like I, I, I thought about this question quite a bit. And the first time I had a boundary put on my name, it was my mom put it, telling me to put the boundary on my name. So somebody had misspelled my name somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I think I was about six years old, like just learning how to write my name. And so somebody had misspelled it and I was just going to let it go. And she, and you know, when moms get like serious, like they get real serious and getting serious with a six-year-old, like you don't forget that. Right. And so she like turned me around, looked at me in my face and she's like, don't you ever let anyone take liberties with your name? Never. You don't let that happen. And from then, from six years old, I'm just like, my name is Kimberly. You know, and so, and it's unbelievable how many people actually have an issue with me, you know, exercising that boundary on my own name, Mm. you know, Um, I've had coworkers try to tell me, um, well, can't I just call you Kim? No, you can't, you know, doesn't anybody call you Kim? I'm like, yeah, there are people who call me Kim, but they know who they are. They know who (laughs) they are. And most of those people are people for whom my blood runs through their veins, you know, and I know some of them are on this call today. And so they know who they are and in those circles, 100%. But if I'm just meeting you and I tell you what my name is and you decide to shorten it, um, it's presuming a degree of familiarity that is not there and that's crossing a boundary for me. And so I'm so insistent on my name just because it's a pretty name. I like it and that's what I want to be called, you know?
0: It is a very pretty name, and I appreciate you standing strong in it. I just want to repeat, presuming a degree of familiarity that is that you don't have. And mm-hmm. for everybody out there that's having difficulty setting boundaries at this point in your career or in your life, um, that familiarity comes with time, comes with um, building relationships. Kimberly taught me that. Mm-hmm. Um, could you talk about the time when you weren't able to kind of process the familiarity and have you ever like given that to everybody, that space to everyone?
1: Um, I think early in my career, probably I was a little bit more relaxed with it because we kind of are taught in the world of work to go along to get along. Mm. Um, but once you get grown, right, like once you hit a certain age, I don't know, I'm well seasoned. I have a baby face. Don't let it fool you. I am well grown. And so once you hit a certain age stage in life, there are certain things that are just non-negotiable. You know, and and also because when people were taking liberties with my name or they just thought that they could, you know, kim me up or whatever, they just presume that I'm their homegirl and I'm going to do whatever. And, you know, and I'm just like, whoa, 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 whoa. And they just kind of took it to the point where they didn't even have to respect my time. They didn't have to respect my knowledge that they're trying to, you know, capitalize on what I do and how I do what I do and think that, oh, well, we're cool because I can call you Kim and I I can do whatever I want in your world. And so that's why I hold that boundary so tightly where I'm just like, that is where you live. That is where you stand. And if you cross it, I will tell you about yourself and all your parts.
0: Oh, and we talked about that fence again. So your house is mm-hmm. open there. I have the yes. fence right here. You need the key to the gate to the everything. You don't even have my address. So why, why would you have <laughs> the key to the gate? Um, exactly. You once again touched on presumptions. When people mm-hmm. make those presumptions, what does it sound like when you're kind of correcting them and steering them back to their house?
1: hmm. Um, It depends on the context. Um, If it's like a young person who's new to the workforce, I will break it down and I will try to educate them and be like, all right, let me me tell you something here, young person, let me tell you. And I will give them the full dissertation on how what they're doing is inappropriate. Um, But if it's somebody who I have worked with for a while who should know better, I will just give them a look and be like, who are you calling? Because it's not me. You know, or, you know, I don't know why you thought that was an appropriate thing to say, but I am not down with this conversation. Come back to me when you're able to have a respectful dialogue with me. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, like you see the precision with which I write, if you get me that amped up in the workplace. I will give that to you to your face. Mm. And so people, anybody who's witnessed it is just like, yeah, we just don't want to go there with her. And I'm like, yeah, that's a good idea. And it's not because I'm trying to be difficult. That's the thing too, right? People presume that, oh my gosh, she's so difficult. I'm just like, no, I'm just exacting boundaries on how you're to interact with me. Yes. I'm a nice person. Yes. I am, you know, talented. Yes. I am willing to help pretty much anybody who asks, I'm very generous with my time, Um, but at the same time, don't take my kindness for weakness, you know? And so when people try to crawl into that space, I'm like, no, 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 you need to to get back out.
0: Kimberly, aren't you afraid that people are going to see you as aggressive and angry? No. (laughs) No,
1: because the thing is, that's that's their their perception, right? Like I can't control what people are going to think. Or they're going to make up whatever story, however, right? Like I can tell you as sweet as pie. You know, here's my boundary, and you know, depending on where you're sitting with that and how you don't, how much you don't like that, how you, it goes out in office office gossip, I have no control over that. You know, um, so I don't, I don't even bother trying. You know. When I was in the workforce, you know, and had to have these conversations, I would always try to have them with someone else in the room. Because I know that it's always going to come back on me. Why? Because I'm black and because I'm articulate and because it's going to be like, oh, she's just the, the angry black woman. And so, and I know the fragility that lives in the workforce. So Um, so no, I I don't, I'm not really, again, I'm seasoned, like I'm, I'm I'm well old at at this point. I just, I don't, I don't, I don't have time to care. You know, I I prefer to put my time into managing things that matter to me, like the work that matters to me, the people that matter to me, the letters that I'm writing for my clients, you know, creating more equitable spaces. That's where I want to spend my time, not managing people who get, you know, all discombobulated because they were told no.
0: Oh, thank you. Tell them. I hope everyone in the room heard that she just said no. Um, so those people that are in your spaces or were in your spaces when you worked in the workforce that continue the type of behavior that you've already set boundaries with before, um, what does the conversation look like moving forward? Um, yeah, I gotta I remember what those
1: were like. I mean, I think it would just be reiterating like the, the, the broken record technique mm. to be like, look here, Jane, we've had this conversation three times already. What is it that you are not understanding? Because the boundary is here. This is what I require. What are you not understanding? So then putting it back on that person to make them responsible for why things are not changing. Mm. And then they're forced to look at themselves and hopefully they can come up with an answer. And even if they can't, they don't want to have that conversation again, right? So even, they may not stop the behavior because they, you know, developed respect for me. They may just stop the, you know, stop the behavior because they're like, yeah, I don't want to have that conversation again with her. I'm like, whatever, man, whatever gets you there. I, it
0: doesn't, it doesn't matter to me. And have you ever had that conversation and then had kind of pushback or a negative um, solution come about?
1: Um, not, too, not, not for like sort of the day-to-day stuff, Um, because I think people are well, like the fragility is real, right? Like most of the issues that I have had with the boundaries come around things related to systemic racism and, you know, inequity in, in the workforce. Sorry, my phone, sorry about that. Sorry, my headset's connected to my phone, even though I'm on Do Not Disturb. (laughs) Um, So. So yeah, most of the issues, you know, have to do with systemic racism and things of that nature. And, you know, when they push back, if if you push just just a little bit, the fragility just makes them crumble. You know what I mean? Like, because really, who's going to go toe to toe with me? Who? (laughs) Which, who? because I can bring the DEI language so precisely, and I can bring up the workplace policy, and I can quote a chapter and verse. Have the people who are trying all this nonsense with me who were trying it, they haven't read the policy. Whenever I would start a new job, I'm like, let me read the book, let me know exactly how it's outlined, so that when they try to, to come across these boundaries and try to push me, I'd be like, well, according to section 1A, blah, 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 here you go. And they go sit down. They go sit down because they're, they're trying, but they don't realize what they're up against. I come in prepared, you know, and that's what black women have to do. That's what people don't understand. We're armored up all the time. We don't get to just go into spaces and be like, okay, we'll see how it goes. No, we have had to study. We've had to practice. We've had to mind ourselves. We've had to rehearse. We are on all the time. So anybody who tries to push back, I'm just like, you're so fragile. If I just say two twos, I know you're going to crumble. And usually they kind of just fall back. You know, they'll steer clear of me. And that's when the exclusion would start and whatnot. But I'm like, you know what? I don't want to
0: work to make friends. So I'm all good. I don't live with you. Mm-hmm. And once again, the intent of boundaries is not to harm people or for, to make like, how many of these people can I make cry today or whatever? It's so that Kimberly is safe, so that I am safe, so that we are getting what we need out of the organization. Because y'all are getting what you need. I just need what I need to be productive. Exactly. Exactly. And it's not aggressive to ask for that because
1: it's inherent for some people and other people like you and I, we have to ask for it. And we have to ask for it multiple times. So that's where the, the difference lies. So it's, it's not aggressive at all. It's just exercising our inherent rights.
0: Right, and that also comes from their, their own lack of intelligence that they're trying to project. Like you don't have any other words other than angry, mm-hmm. um, articulate, I don't, what, all the words that um, yeah. I've been <laughs> called um defiant disrespectful just Mm -hmm. i have an attitude Mm -hmm. just for simply saying hey is there any way that i can miss this meeting or Mm -hmm. hey the next time you call me make sure it's on my calendar beforehand because i don't like that Mm -hmm. yeah setting simple boundaries and i it makes my heart break the fact that so many of us have had similar experiences Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, we can process that, but what, mm-hmm. what, what people or products or materials have helped you move into setting healthier boundaries specifically at work? Mm-hmm. Um,
1: I guess the process of, I'm not like a big meditator, but I'm a, I'm a big ruminator and I'm a big thinker. And so like I will write out everything that happened in a particular instance. And one that gets me out of my head, Um, it gets me to park it someplace. Um, So that helps me move through all of that Uh, because the processing, it's it's ongoing, you know? Um, I'm a firm advocate of therapy. I think everybody should be in therapy, Um, get a good therapist or two. Um, Because the thing is, it's like, If you're constantly facing all of these challenges all the time, you're going to break at some point, or it's going to, you know, dissipate into other parts of your life. So to keep the lane straight, you know, you have to have these tools in place of your self-care to help you manage it, because it's not going to stop, you know, and so you really have to look at the tools that will work for you, and there's no there's, you don't get anything for being a martyr, you know, for carrying it all on your back, you know, I'm so strong or whatever. I'm like, you know what? Therapy is not about not being strong. I think it takes a lot of strength to go to therapy to tell someone, this is what I'm dealing with. Um, so that's where we, those are a couple of the tools. Mm -hmm. Um, there is, I just got a new tool. If I can tell you about it. Um, I should have brought it with me today, but I have a new tool, um, it's called liberated love notes by Brittany Janae. do you have them? Yes, Katrina, yes, (laughs) those are the truth. Those are the truth. So if you are a racialized person in the workforce, can you hold them up again, let the people then see? There we go. Order those, if you look up Liberated Love Notes by Brittany Janae, um, shout out to her order those cards because that just has helped me reframe and start my day. Um, One of my practices, I just take a card out at random each day before I open up my computer, think about it, meditate on it, and then I start my day jumping into the DEI space. Game changer, that tool is fantastic.
0: Right, I don't even wanna pull a card right now because they're so transcending. If I pull a card, I'm like, Mm -hmm. you know what? This ain't even for me, goodbye. (laughs) But that's how great they are. They mm-hmm. um, they just know everything that we're going through because they're made by a black woman for black yes. women. So yeah. if you can, please cop them today. Here, let me do it yes. one more time. Do 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 do
1: do do. You will not regret it. <laughs> and if you're if you're in Canada, just email Brittany. Tell her you're in Canada, and she can make arrangements to send it to you. Oh,
0: see the love. Um. I just want to touch on the fact that you said processing is part of your process. And that's another mm-hmm. boundary you can set everybody out there. If somebody says something and you don't know how to respond in that moment, please mm-hmm. say, mm-hmm. uh, I cannot continue this conversation. I need to go process and then I'll come mm-hmm. back and have it. But of course, go back and have the conversation. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's definitely a boundary. Mm-hmm. I don't have to give you my all right now or explain what's going on with me right now. Mm-hmm. and that is so amazing um could you talk about some of the reasons why you maybe have left toxic environments in the past do they surround around boundaries
1: mm-hmm. um i think it's all kind of mixes together you know um like obviously the systemic racism is kind of a predominant theme in my career i've been working for 20 years i've seen a lot of it and within that come the boundary you know pushers you know the microaggressions mm. it's just that constant pushing of that boundary like how many you know inappropriate things can someone say to you before you clap back mm. you know and i just got so tired of it mm. and so tired of pandering to you know to explain what it is and to have to qualify it and explain it sweetly mm. you know all of that's not sweet It's not sweet, you know, especially when someone's coming at you, like when they come at you with nonsense, like to say, okay, well, you're my, they try to rename you, you know, they're like, okay, well, I'm going to start calling you Shaniqua. I'm just like, that's not even close to my name. Like, I don't know where you heard that on TV. I don't live in TV land, you know, and having to explain that over and over again, or the hair touching requests or whatnot. Um, So all of that kind of just culminated to me saying, you know what, I, I can't deal with this anymore. And I can only clap back so many times. And at, at, then it comes to the point where it's like, enough, you know? And and so I have the benefit of having a fantastic partner. Um, that's from where the Morgan part of my name comes from. And he sat me down one day when he's just like, you know what? I was in a really bad toxic situation. It was like, my hair was falling out, it was a bad situation. And he looked at me one day and he's just like, enough, enough, he's like, I need you back, this is not worth it. And to have somebody in your life that puts that boundary in place for you because you're just trying to like carry it on your own. Um, and it's like, basically he's like leave, we have, leave for nothing, leave for nothing. He's like, I got us. I'm just like, one, I married really well. <laughs> um but like to have somebody in your corner like that who can put those boundaries in place for you is priceless because sometimes we can't see them ourselves um and so that's really helpful too you know so part of the process part of my practice is having people around me who can see the things that I can't see you know because as much as I am you know I can handle myself I clearly am you know a solid professional and whatever, mm-hmm. I'm still a person, right? Like I'm still a regular person who needs people to help them out every now and again too. So having those people in my circle who, who keep it real and who will protect me, mm. fantastic. Priceless. Oh my
0: gosh! And I think we talk about this a lot on the show is having that support system around you that is looking for looking out for the best for you, not the worst Mm -hmm. for you, but the best for you. If Mm -hmm. your partner had said, no, just tough it out, it'll be fine, then you would know, wow, this is, Mm -hmm. what is this, like you're looking for the best for you, not for Mm -hmm. me. So very Mm -hmm. important.
1: And if he had said that, I don't know if we'd be married
0: now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. But once again, the ability to kind of point that out and having the Mm -hmm. vocabulary to say, okay, you are not for me. Um, mm-hmm. I set a boundary, thank you mm-hmm. for setting a boundary for me. It's kind of what this space is about, is giving people the words that they need because there's a wordsmith, a professional wordsmith mm-hmm. um, to kind of navigate through these spaces and these situations. Before mm-hmm. we open it to the floor, I would love for you to share the top three tips for brand new mm-hmm. professionals moving into DEI, into ghostwriting, or mm-hmm. just in the, the workforce in general on mm-hmm. setting boundaries just Uh, as soon as you get in there? Mm -hmm.
1: So the first one I would say is one, your name is not negotiable. Mm -hmm. That's That's the root level boundary. Because again, if somebody, if you give someone permission to take liberty with your name, they will walk all over you. They'll be like, oh, well, I can do whatever I want because they don't even care what I call them. So practice that of being called the name that you want to be called. The second one is listen to your gut. So if you're in a new work environment and you feel like something's off, chances are there probably is, because every workplace has its underbelly. Um, so if there's something going on and you're feeling it, but you can't articulate it, just give yourself time to figure it out. Go through the processing process to give yourself time to figure it out, because you will know, you'll figure out what it is soon enough especially when you meet new people, you know, sometimes your vibe, is like, I'm mm, not sure about that person. Even if they're like sweet as pie, some of those, the smiling assassin is a real thing, right? Like in terms of people who smile in your face and they present as being so, you know, sweet, but they will stab you in the face. Like if given the chance. And so be aware of what your gut is telling you. And then the third thing I would say is just know that no is a complete sentence. It is a complete sentence. You don't have to give anybody explanation about anything. So for example, if your coworkers are going for drinks after work and it's not really anything urgent, it's not like a team building thing they just wanna go drink, great. If you're not a drinker, don't go. Mm -hmm. And if they say, hey, do you wanna come? Okay, you can just say, no, no thank you, but thank you for offering. You don't have to give an explanation as to why you're not drinking or no, you don't have to give the whole song and dance no is no, and go on about your business. Um, so just be clear on exercising those simple boundaries and, and develop that self-awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, and that will help you just develop more boundaries moving forward, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I gotta just say one more thing in terms of, um, the reason why I feel like we're not good at exercising boundaries, like why it's so challenging, is in North America, we're just here to please people. We're kind of socialized. To, to please people, we, you know, this is a sociologist in me coming out. And so we're, we're and I have thought about a lot about this. You know, I'm an introvert, I do a lot of rabbit hole thinking. And so when you look at it, when you have these little kids, um, when they're like two, three years old, your parents have friends over, go say hi to Auntie so and so, go say hi to Uncle so and so. But if you're three and you're just like, but I don't like Auntie so and so, right? What if you don't like, but your parents are pushing you to say, go say hello? So from then, that boundary that we have, we're told to not listen to it, right? It, it's been, you know, crossed. So we're forced to do that. Then we go into school and we're, we're forced to sort of like the things that everybody likes, you know? Like nobody wants to be the weird kid. Nobody wants to be into, into stuff that isn't cool. We're taught that, you know, prom is supposed to be everything. Homecoming is supposed to be everything. I went to both of those. I'm like, what's the big deal? Like, I don't even care about this, right? Like I wasted money on the dress. And so, We're taught that that's what you're supposed to like because you don't want to stand out. So you go along to get along and then you go into the workplace and, you know, you want to make your boss happy. You want to make your coworkers happy. So again, we forfeit our boundaries. And so, and then we wake up in our twenties, our thirties, maybe our forties, if at all. And then we realize, you know what? My life isn't working for me and that's when we have to say you know what i have to put these boundaries in place and that's when the awakening happens and that's why it feels so hard is because we've had a whole lifetime of being socialized to compromise
0: them Mm. and what you are talking about are systems like these are entire Mm. systems in place to make you think that setting boundaries are defiant setting boundaries are not not conducive to being productive productive in the workforce. You're not helping the team. Mm -hmm. Fuck the team. I'm trying to help Mm -hmm. me. Like I'm trying not to die and live the life that I want to live. Huge Mm -hmm. shout out once again to Brittany Janae. Her podcast named after her product, Liberated Mm -hmm. Love Notes. um, She talks about internalized um, systemic racism and a whole bunch of stuff that we're just having to unlearn now. Um, Mm -hmm. And she constantly talks about how this is a process that we'll have to do every single day, unlearning what we learned throughout our entire lives. Mm-hmm. So same goes with boundaries. I know mm-hmm. that some of us in the audience right now are probably like, okay, y'all are crazy. I'm not setting no boundaries at work. I'm never doing that. But mm-hmm. I encourage you to kind of unlearn that. Unlearn mm-hmm. what you were taught and kind of practice it. This is definitely mm-hmm. a growing and something that you have to practice every single day
1: Mm mm-hmm it's for your own well-being oh you know because at the end of the day you have to live with yourself you have to go home you have to process that and too many people go home after work and spend the whole evening processing what they went through at work only to go back the next day Mm -hmm. it's robbing you of your life you know so exercising these boundaries is not selfish it's almost it's liberating
0: Mm. oh my gosh uh, exercising these boundaries are not selfish it's liberating Ooh and with that i'm going to open it up to the floor kimberly is in the hot seat she knows everything about anything on the planet so please use the chat and ask her whatever you'd like i'm going to go through the chat now and see what has been said oh Brittany Janae is here oh no. <laughs> what's up Brittany? <laughs> Uh oh my gosh! I have been talking. Let me go all the way back up. I'm grown. She's I'm grown. Grown. A lot of people said I love the real talk. Yeah, people do consider non-European names hard to pronounce. Thank you. Um, how do you handle colleagues who bond around a lack of bound? Ooh, a lack of boundaries and expect the same for you.
1: Say that again. So how do? How do I deal with colleagues who bond around a lack of boundaries? Mm -hmm. They kind of,
0: they enforce what the system has in place already. Like you constantly have to be on, you constantly have to do what the boss says. They like Mm -hmm. it and they've all bonded around it. Then you come Mm in set boundaries. How do you deal Mm -hmm. with
1: that? Oh gosh. It depends on how badly I guess I needed the job, you know? Um, Because that's, that's a real thing too, right? Like as much as I have. Quit jobs here, there, everywhere, um, and that's a whole other episode. Um, it depends on how badly I've needed the job. Because sometimes you're in a situation where you're just like I need to make this money because I got bills to pay, I got a car note or whatever. And so, as much as it's painful, it's you just have to go along with it. I wouldn't participate. I would try not to participate as much as possible, especially like the boundaries of like gossip and, and stuff mm. like that. Like I'm not. I don't want to know about so-and-so's marriage and this and that. I don't want to know about that in the workplace. Like it has nothing to do with work. Um, So I would try to keep myself outside of those conversations. Um, I mean, bosses who would send you emails after hours and stuff or expect you to be on all the time. I just set my own time limit where I'm just like, look, if it's after five o'clock, I am not answering that. And then they would learn right quick. Kimberly doesn't answer emails after five you know, um, but I would say it's all dependent on the situation and where I'm at in my life outside of work that will always dictate, you know, what I was willing to take in work.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and we are not telling anybody in the audience to kind of go guns blazing tomorrow to work and be like, you know what, shut everything down. <laughs> These are my boundaries. Get out my way. Um, wh- this is definitely a process, a journey. So you have to take it step by step, day by day.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: And once again, like Kimberly said, do what's right for you.
1: And with that, you know, you got to pick your battles, right? Mm -hmm. Like, because people are going to push your buttons and they're going to try all sorts of foolishness in the workplace. You can't pick every single one of them because you'll spend your whole day fighting. So pick the ones that are most important to you and fight those ones
0: out. There's some that you're just going to have to let go. I'm working on it. But (laughs) how do you handle someone saying you are intimidating?
1: oh lord have mercy all right let me tell you I get I've gotten that a lot and I've actually gotten that from friends where I'm just like we're gonna have to rethink this friendship because here's the thing and what I I clap back with nine times out of ten is where if somebody depending on the context if someone tells me that I'm intimidating I'm like if I was a white man would you say that and then they have to go sit with themselves Right, because that's the thing. If I was in a different body, if I was, you know, much lighter and had lighter eyes, people would be like, they would be giving me a round of applause. They'd be like, oh my gosh, you're so innovative. You're so, you're such a a stealth leader. You know, you're such a, a great, you know, example or whatever. But because I come in this body, Instantly I'm intimidating. So then I turn it back around to say, what are you not managing? What have you not unpacked? And would you say that to somebody else? If you believe in equity, would you have said that to somebody who doesn't look like me? And then usually they have to go, you know, sit with themselves and think for a bit and then the conversation's over. Mm,
0: Real quick. (laughs) How can 18 to 24 year old individuals approach the topic of boundaries, especially when just graduating and moving straight into the workforce?
1: hmm So how do you, I guess, start establishing boundaries and knowing where to go with it? All right. So I, I came up with an analogy that I've been aching to use. Um, so the example I'll use is I am gluten-free. I have been gluten-free for a very long time. If I were to eat, you know, a piece of regular toast, it would cause my complete undoing for a very long time. I'd be calling my sister crying. And so... I advocate for myself. Anytime I'm going to a conference or an event or whatever, I call in advance. I try to talk to the chef. I let them know everything that I can and cannot have, so that when I get to the conference, I'm going to have a really beautiful salad, you know, with artisanal dressing and a beautiful chicken breast and maybe some strawberries in there, like a beautiful salad. When I don't advocate for myself. And I arrive at the conference expecting people to just serve me this beautiful lunch because they weren't prepared for me because I didn't advocate and let them know what I need. I usually end up with a rice cake, a bowl full of lettuce with no dressing or scrambled tofu, all of which are disgusting. And so to use that analogy to, to explain to set boundaries, if you don't let people know what you need, then they will just give you whatever because they didn't know what you were expecting. Right? And so just like with my gluten issue, if I were to just go and eat whatever they gave me, I would be sick for days. When you don't implement those boundaries, when you don't advocate for yourself, then you're emotionally sick for days. So, you know, that's sort of how I look at it to say, I'm not trying to put these boundaries to make life difficult for people. You know, when I go to a restaurant, I used to have some friends that we're not friends anymore, but friends used to roll their eyes and be like, oh, my gosh, Kimberly, you're so particular. I'm just like, look, look, look here, 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 here. I need a proper meal. I'm paying my money just like everyone else. So these, this is what I need. I'm not being difficult. You know, again, I'm not angry. I'm just articulating what I need. Mm-hmm. So for somebody who's young, who's going into the workforce, you need to, the first key to setting your boundaries is to know, is to know yourself is to develop that self-awareness. So that goes back to what I said about, you know, listening to your gut, you know, and giving yourself time to figure out what it is you need and then writing it down, what you writing down what you need and holding to that. But the only way that you'll develop that is by being in different situations and paying attention to how you're feeling, you know, how you're responding, and then figuring out how do I need to proceed moving forward and how do
0: I advocate for myself moving forward how do I advocate for myself moving forward so in those situations when you're feeling all of those emotions and you go back to your desk and say what the hell was that and you mm-hmm. write it down and kind of process it um mm-hmm. the, the third and final step to that is saying okay the next time this happens or even now I can go have this conversation and say mm-hmm. I felt dot 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 we need this moving forward um, mm-hmm. so if you don't do that third step then once like Kimberly said you're going to be sick to your stomach every day and you'll start mm-hmm. kind of being like, this place is trash. When not, It's okay. I mean, it probably is trash, but, <laughs> but you can definitely make it better for you there. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Oh, man. See, this is fun. Um, somebody asked, what do you say when you're told you're not being a team player?
1: Um, again, depending on the context and how salty I'm feeling that day, um, sometimes I'll tell them I'm not a team player. I'm a team leader. And my face will not change. Um, It depends on who wants to bright up themselves. Like if it's somebody who's my peer, who's trying to boss me around or, you know, take the role of the of our actual boss, I'd be like, yeah, I'm a leader. Go sit with yourself. Um, If it's a manager who will tell me that I'm not a team player. um, I mean, I keep, I keep the receipts. Right. You know, I'm a writer, I, I, I'm trained to sort of do my research. So anytime, I'm always prepared, right? Again, being a black woman, you're always prepared to have those conversations. You don't know when the switch is gonna flip on you and you know the shine of your tokenism is gonna wear off and so they'll come at you oh you're not a team player you're this you're that you're intimidating you're aggressive or whatever I keep all the receipts so when they come at me I can show them chapter and verse as to why my response has been what it has been in relation to the other people's behavior in the office Um, so it's almost like we have to have that duality of thought you can't just go to the office and just be you're in surveillance mode all the time and this is part of the emotional labor that black women, black people, people of color go through working in white spaces. Mm-hmm. And that's what people don't understand about the systems, you know, because the systems exclude us and require this level of work from us that, you know, our white counterparts don't have to do.
0: Mm-hmm. And I remember when I faced similar experiences at the end when I started my lawsuit against the company. I'm like, see, I should have started CCing myself or I should have started protecting mm-hmm. myself beforehand when in actuality, maybe they shouldn't be awful people. Um, but the fact mm-hmm. of the matter is, because of the way that we look, because of who we are as individuals, we do kind of have to do that all the time. So mm-hmm. whenever we feel that tug against our heartstrings in organizations, and just like Kimberly said, or we feel uncomfortable, we do need to start writing down dates, times, names, because yes. sooner or later the, that shine or glimmer of Black Girl Magic might wear off and we have to have mm-hmm. that conversation exactly and it's not a
1: matter of if it's a matter of when it is a matter it's always a matter of when, which is so sad but it, it's true
0: okay i'm not gonna cry about that but <laughs> does anybody else have any questions for kimberly as an hr professional it's all about documentation yes some, mm-hmm. for some people more than others definitely Oh, everyone is so moved by your words. Of course, we know that. <laughs> okay. I have one last question for you before we wrap it up for tonight. Okay. Could you share a time that you weren't good at setting boundaries and you felt mm-hmm. your heartstrings being pulled and you did nothing about it?
1: Um, I would say early in my career,
0: I made the mistake of
1: not knowing That I should just work within my job description. So so the the job description is a boundary, right? They tell you here are the things that they need you to do. These are the things you will be paid for. And I go above and beyond because excellence is my middle name. Not really, but you know what I mean. Um, I do everything like full force. I don't don't do anything half-handed. And so I was always trying to go above and beyond thinking that, you know, the workplace is going to appreciate all this effort that I'm putting into this job. They're going to see what I'm doing. I'm going to get a promotion. I'm going to be a manager before I know it. And it was actually the exact opposite. And so what I wish I had done earlier in my career, I wish I had looked at what that boundary was and then taken all of that energy. So all you 24 year olds out there, take all that extra energy, Go put it into your own side hustle, put it into something that's yours, because, again, it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when your shine wears off, mm-hmm. you need to always have a fallback option, and sometimes you have to build your own safety net. Mm-hmm. So I would say, again, look at the job description as a very clear boundary as to what you are paid for, do what you're paid for within the hours that you're paid for it, and then take the rest of your time and the rest of your talent and then go build your own thing.
0: hmm. And even for the professionals that are in the audience today that may not look like Kimberly and myself, um, as you've seen throughout the pandemic, several businesses just, their shine wore off for everybody and anybody. They just said, Mm -hmm. oh, we don't have the money, figure it out. So Mm -hmm. it is so important to pour into yourself as much as even more so (laughs) you're Mm -hmm. pouring into the organization you're a part of.
1: And if I could add something to that in terms of like, You can pour everything of yourself into your job. And then if you get laid off, if you get fired, if the company dissolves or whatever, we see it time and time again, you know, black, white, everybody, you know, we've seen it where people fall apart because their entire identity was tied up in the role, tied up with the work people, tied up with that routine. We need to have those boundaries to professional to personal so that if the professional goes away for whatever reason, you're still a whole person.
0: Because do you know how many people essentially lost their mind when they lost their jobs? They did not know what to do with themselves. Mm -hmm. They were scavenging around to find other employment as Mm -hmm. if their world had exploded, Mm -hmm. which we were in a pandemic. So it did. Mm -hmm. But (laughs) um, they were just so very lost. And Mm -hmm. um, some of them took time to self-reflect. Some of them took time to just hop into another organization. Uh, Mm -hmm. What would you say to those people right now that are In their self reflection and Mm -hmm. trying to pour more into themselves.
1: I would say, pick up something that's not work related. Because you find out a lot about yourself and learning something new. So if You don't cook right now. If if you're not a great cook, learn how to cook because then you learn your problem-solving skills. You learn patience with yourself. You learn what you like and what you don't like. Um, Picking up things that you don't know how to do. um, Again, it forces a different part of your brain to be activated. It also helps the healing process. And then also you feel so good if you learn to be good at it, you know, then you've developed something else that's part of your self-care. And just another thing that you can do. Um, so when I left one of my, one of my jobs, I decided that I was going to take it upon myself to learn how to, um, patch walls. So we had lived in our place for a while and you know, after a while, the, the screws in the walls and the drywall, they kind of pop out just, you know, over time. So I'm like, I'm going to fix all of these little, little nail holes. And my husband's like, is this a good idea? I'm like, I don't know but I'm going to figure it out. And I learned about the whole world of being at Home Depot and, you know, different types of putty and different types of sandpaper. And it just gave me a sense of self-efficacy that I didn't have because I was coming out of a situation where, where I was feeling so depleted and feeling so questioning my abilities to do things. So learning how to do something new was a great way to edify myself, to feel like, okay, now I am skilled and I got this and now my walls look amazing. So, you know, learning something new can, can really
0: help, you through that process oh, no your, your knowledge today has been immeasurable and honestly i wish i had all the money in the world to give it to you but <clears throat> thank you so much for being an amazing special guest today are there any last sprinkles that you want to share with the audience
1: oh my goodness first i just want to say thank you to everybody who follows me on linkedin I am blown away. I just started posting because I just needed to get things out. And I'm just so happy that it's resonated with so many people. Um, I am truly humbled by, by your kindness, by your engagement um, and all the people who are in my DMS like that's the hot spot. That's fantastic too. You know, there, there's good, like the front stuff is great but the DMs is a whole other world. So I thank you everyone who's there. Um, I, rec- and I also wanna recognize all the people who are not able to comment on my posts because of fear of reprisal, you know, from work. I see you, I, I know, and I've been there. Part of the reason why I can only, I say what I say is because I don't work for anybody right? And so I can say what I say openly. So just know that I am speaking for as many people who face isms as possible. Um, Do I know everything? No, but I am happy to share what what I do know with you. And I'm just so appreciative for all of your time and all of you showing up today. Thank you so much.
0: Oh, and I appreciate it as well. Once again, this has been Absolutely Not. I am your host, Katrina Stroll. My amazing special guest today was Kimberly John Morgan. If you need anything about anything, no, she got boundaries, but um, <laughs> please reach out to her. You can find her on LinkedIn, on Instagram. She also has a website under her her business title, which will be in the show notes. This is recorded and can be found when it's published next Wednesday on my website, as well as all the podcasting links that I'll put out there. Please follow me on LinkedIn to know when it's published. And we cannot wait to see you again next time. Thanks so much, everyone. Bye.